You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Military attorney Todd Callender is an expert in international law and morbidity mortality law. He's been filing lawsuits and blowing the whistle on the enemy ever since they made the shots mandatory. These lawsuits have led to his research team amassing thousands of whistleblowers that point to a planned Marburg epidemic already paid for by taxpayer dollars in the recent PrEP Act. Todd Callender said that inside the lipid nanoparticles, there are sealed pathogens, including E. coli, Marburg, and Ebola, and that different pathogens can be released by different frequencies pulsed through the 5G network. Inside of these shots that people already received, inside the lipid nanoparticles, the hydrogel, there exists pathogens inside of the particles that have not yet opened. Those pathogens are chimeric. They include E. coli Marburg, Ebola staphylococcus, and brewer's yeast, amongst others. We know that upon the broadcast from the 5G system that is now employed across the United States and the world, for that matter, um, when they broadcast an 18 gigahertz signal uh, for one minute, three different times, as a pulse, it will cause those lipid nanoparticles to swell and release these pathogenic contents, thereby causing a Marburg epidemic that they've already spent the money on. They've already, it's already done, right? The Marburg epidemic, for purposes of the law, has happened, and now we just need the actual uh, disaster to happen. And, and there's actually worse parts to it than that, including the 1P36 gene deletion that effectively will turn those poor people into zombies. As odd as that sounds, our government's preparing for that. He also points out that 1P36 gene deletion is the number one side effect of the Pfizer shots, a disease with zombie-like symptoms that make a person aggressive with a propensity to bite. The CDC published a public service announcement on the preparedness for a zombie apocalypse in 2011. That same year, Con Plan 8888-11, Counter Zombie Dominance, was published. The military's advanced ammunition known as multi-purpose rounds are single rounds comprised of multiple projectile options to be chosen via direct communication from the tank fire control to the cartridge chambered in the breech. So it would make sense to arm weaponized vaccines the same way. Popular online personality Jason Shirka has recently posted a warning that on October 4th, FEMA will be using 5G frequencies to activate nanopathogens in the blood of the vaccinated. On October 4th at 2.22 p.m. Eastern Time, the emergency broadcast system will be activated across the entire United States under the leadership of FEMA, disguised as a test. However, this test will be used to send a specific high-frequency signal through devices like smartphones, radios, and TVs with the intention of activating graphene oxide and other nanoparticles that have been inserted into billions of human beings around the world through the obvious mediums. If the October 4th date does not occur for any reason, 
Commission. The backup plan will be to do it on October 11th at the same time. In the case that this is not able to be stopped, I ask you all to shut off your phones and all other relevant devices at 2 p.m. Eastern time for a period of two hours to be safe. I don't know who this guy is, but I will add that we probably want to turn the 5G off for good. And we definitely need to take control of our government because a plan as diabolical as this would be game over. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. All right, folks, that's the latest from Greg Reese, the latest Reese report to be found and shared at band.video and infowars.com. 5G activated zombie apocalypse, is it coming? And of course, you know, you might think that sounds kind of absurd, this idea of zombification. Zombies are sci-fi horror tropes, after all. That's fantasy. But of course, all of the most popular and, you know, long-lasting tropes, characters like this, uh, actually resonate with humanity because there's something real about them, whether it's vampires or werewolves uh, having to do with uh, rabies and causing you to go wild. There's a reason that we uh, are attracted to these. It's Wednesday, September 27th, Year of Our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I am your host, Harrison Smith. Very happy to be with you here on this Wednesday morning. We have a lot of news to cover. We have a lot. We have a lot of news to cover, okay? You can see if you're a uh, TV viewer, you can see not only do I have this massive stack in front of me, um, I'm sorting it as we speak. And all of this is simply leftovers from stuff I didn't get to yesterday on the War Room. So that should give you an idea of how much we have to cover. So I haven't even gotten the vast majority of uh, today's breaking news. But... The uh, empire is on the march. The globalists are doing their thing, as it were, which means that everything is collapsing. Just madness across the entire spectrum here. I got a stack on immigration. I got a stack on Ukraine war. I got a stack on AI and the growing threat of robotic tyrants. I got a stack on anti-Semitism and the ADL. I got a stack on Trump. And the latest legal challenge for the former president, and of course a stack on China, and a stack on crime, and just race, and uh, it goes on and on and on and on and on. So we'll get to as much of it as possible today. We'll be joined by Matt Baker at the uh, ten o'clock in the ten o'clock hour. I'm excited to talk to him because I think it's I think it's time for a transition. I think we we should all be transitioning now as we enter a new phase of the information war. I think it may be past time that we simply try to explain to people what's going on. I think at this point you either get it or you don't. I mean, their plans are out in the open now, so it's not a question of whether you're aware of them or whether they're real or just speculation. I mean, they're real now. They're confirmed. It's in your face. Now the question is, How do we oppose it? How do we organize against it? How do we bring awareness not just to the fact that this is happening, 
but the fact that it's preventable, that we can actually stop this from happening and that we should stop it from happening. That's really the the struggle that we have now. It's not explained to people that there is a global government, that they're moving towards this technocratic, uh, you know, biofinancial control grid, but actually trying to speak to the humanity of the people that are now aware of this, trying to make the argument that it's actually worth it to uphold humanity and the immortal soul and all of the good, wonderful things that humanity is capable of. It's worth fighting for that against the inhuman, technocratic, transhuman agenda. Which you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. It's just obvious to us, it's just like instinct, when someone's like, yeah, we're, tr- we're transhumanists. We're going to live forever and upload our consciousness into a machine. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is crazy. But then you go out on the street and you talk to people and they're like, that's so cool. I want to do that. I want to live forever. So we have to break them of that. We have to try to appeal to, you know, the, uh, the good part of them that isn't willing to sacrifice its immortal soul for temporal pleasure. So we'll talk to Matt Baker about how we can possibly achieve that. We'll take your phone calls as well. Lots of videos to get to as well. Spent a long time yesterday on uh, immigration, so we're going to sort of not dwell on that too much. As I think if you watched M4s yesterday, you, you probably got as much as you can handle of the uh, immigration topic between the hour and a half I did on the War Room, preceded by Michael Yawn on the Alex Jones Show. Should be readily apparent now. It's an invasion. We're under attack. It's genocide. Wake up. There's a lot of other genocidal aspects to this program that we'll have to discuss today. So let's just get right into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Wednesday, the 27th of September, 2023. Canadian Speaker of the House resigns following Nazi scandal. That's right. The Canadian Speaker of the House has resigned following the incident where a 98-year-old SS soldier was cheered and honored in Parliament with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau refusing to take any responsibility despite meeting with the Ukrainian Nazi beforehand. As we noted earlier this week, Anthony Rota apologized for the scandal, but it wasn't enough. Trudeau threw Rota under the bus. Just uh, E-W there. Opposition leader Pierre uh, Polivier... I still don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, even though I like him a lot. <laughs> he told Parliament that, quote, Canadians are sick and tired of a prime minister who never takes responsibility for things that happen under his watch, adding he always finds somebody else to throw under the bus and asking the Speaker of the House, are you that person? And of course he is. He is resigned now. And it really is it really is just strange the way these these things go. I mean, did they not know the guy was a Nazi? If they didn't know that, then why'd they have him up? Like, obviously, they knew that they knew what he did that's why they were honoring him so like but we're still sponsoring the ukrainian nazis that are in operation now still spending billions of dollars to support them but if you honor them then you have to resign i mean it's just a it's a schizophrenic it's a cognitive dissonance 
that is consuming our entire nation because we have no principles. Everything's just sort of ad hoc, whatever's convenient, whatever's useful at the time to manipulate the masses. That's what they do. And then have to backtrack, pretend it didn't happen, and pretend like they're outraged at the thing that they did. It's all just nonsense, but very funny conclusion to that. And now they're actually trying to uh, extradite the guy. Poland is like, oh, I see you've uh, – that guy you were honoring. He seems like a nice guy. I tell you what, we're going to try him on war crime. So why don't you extradite him here to Poland and we'll uh, execute him or something. Just crazy. Crazy week in that guy's life, huh? What a crazy week. Go from getting a standing ovation from the Canadian Parliament to possibly facing war crime tribunals in Poland. Woo, whiplash. Anyway, tens of thousands of Armenians flee their 2,000-year heartland in Karbakh, facing genocide. Shocking scenes have been emerging from the Armenian enclave of Nagorno-Karabakh this week after, we, after last week an Azerbaijani military offensive targeting the breakaway region killed at least 200 people and wounded many more. An exodus of tens of thousands of ethnic Armenians is underway from their 2,000-year ancient homeland of Artsakh, which in modern times has, exist, has existed within the internationally recognized borders of Azerbaijan. They call, they're calling it an ethnic cleansing campaign, as some observers have declared this marks the final end of the Republic of Artsakh, given the long line of cars have been observed exiting towards Armenia's borders on fear that Azer troops are conducting an ethnic cleansing campaign. Again, not seeing a lot of news on this because, well, it's not convenient to the it's, – it's sort of gets in the way of the other geopolitical moves that are being made on the global chessboard – so, sure, it's ethnic cleansing. It's like a genocide going on, but they're not going to report on it because it's not actually about whether there's something horrific and of monumental importance going on. It's whether it benefits the deep state and their plans for endless war or not. In this case, it doesn't, so the media will ignore it. Meanwhile, the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic says that Dr. Fauci went to CIA headquarters to influence its investigation into the origins of COVID-19, which is interesting because other whistleblowers have uh, revealed that the CIA, in fact, recruited Peter Daszak and the EcoHealth Alliance to actually create and release the virus. So how Dr. Fauci would be going to them to try to tell them how to organize things, that doesn't really make too much sense, but we'll get into that story a little bit later. Then we have this. After BLM, the S&P 100 added over 300,000 jobs. 23% were black workers. Don't you hate when they change the headlines on you? This is what it originally said. Corporate America promised to hire a lot more people of color. It actually did. 94% of the new jobs in the S&P 100 largest businesses in America went to people of color. Only 6% went to the majority white population. I mean, this was a campaign alongside the other campaigns for, uh, you know, white genocide. Have you tried taking the real red pill? A one-of-a-kind heart and brain formula designed exclusively for InfoWarsStore.com. One of the most powerful ingredients in Real Red Pill Plus is pregnanolone. 
Pregnenolone levels decrease with age, and low levels are associated with fatigue, low brain function, and unhealthy aging. The Real Red Pill Plus also provides essential trace minerals, such as vitamin B12, calcium, copper, and zinc. Featuring naturally occurring L-theanine, caffeine, and theobromine, the energy blend inside the Real Red Pill Plus provides an extra pick-me-up for your day that goes beyond the second cup of coffee. So visit InfoWarsStore.com, go down the rabbit hole, and try taking the real red pill. Now 25% off for a limited time at InfoWarsStore.com. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America, Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD, like Rebel Zen, has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, folks. Final story of the Daily Dispatch is this. Hunter Biden received $250,000 wire transfers originating in Beijing with the beneficiary address of Joe Biden's home. That's right. Hunter Biden received wires that originated in Beijing for more than $250,000 from Chinese business partners during the summer of 2019. Wires that listed the Delaware home of Joe Biden as the beneficiary address for the funds. Fox News Digital has learned from a congressional committee. House Oversight Committee James Comer of Kentucky has been investigating the Biden family business dealings and President Biden's alleged involvement in those ventures. As part of the investigation, Comer subpoenaed financial records related to specific bank accounts and received records of two wires originating from Beijing and linked to BHR Partners. BHR Partners is a joint venture between Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca and Chinese investment firm Bohai Capital. BHR Partners is a Beijing-backed Private equity firm controlled by the Bank of China Limited, Hunter Biden reportedly sat on the board of directors for BHR Partners. The first wire transfer was sent to Hunter Biden dated July 26, 2019 for $10,000 from an individual named Mish Wang Jin, Wang Jin, X-I-N. The second transfer was dated August 2nd, 2019 and was for 250000 from Li Jiang Shen, known also as Jonathan Li, the CEO of BHR Partners, and Miss Tan Ling. The committee is trying to identify Ling's role at this moment. So the corruption, the Biden corruption, Biden family crime syndicate still being investigated by uh, the uh, House committee there and the impeachment rolls on. 
but no evidence. But there's no evidence. I mean, aside from the wire transfers and the phone calls and the statements from whistleblowers and Biden himself admitting it on camera and the Hunter Biden laptop chock full of information as well as the just massive amount of emails that have been released. But, you know, other than that stuff, no evidence, no evidence of the Biden corruption. Except for the text messages and the other Biden family members discussing exactly how much money would go to, quote, the big guy, a.k.a. Pedo Pete, a.k.a. Joe Biden, vice president of the United States. Like other than that, no evidence at all, not even not even a speck of evidence other than the the piles of evidence that I just uh, laid out there. But other than that, nothing. No, nothing at all. (laughs) That's what they keep saying. Keep saying no evidence, no evidence, no evidence. Okay, just want you open your eyes and you'll see all of the evidence. We have a lot of COVID news today as well. I guess we'll just uh, get through some of that here real quick. Although some of it we will need to spend at least a little bit of time on. Risks of long COVID have been greatly exaggerated. Major global study finds when the 200 symptoms are listed To the condition, experts have said a lack of definition could lead to more anxiety among the public, they added. Harvard and Yale scientists investigate this new condition called long vax. Hmm. Long vax. Interesting. This is the convenience of having a plan like this where you have a disease that you created in a lab and released on purpose that's basically the flu and kind of impossible to determine whether it's a cold or the flu or covid and so you're able to uh, pump the numbers that way then you can fabricate or you know artificially inflate the numbers of covid deaths by calling everybody that goes into a hospital a covid case if they test positive for covid which again as we just discussed can't really be determined whether it's covid or something else and then you provide the vax and the vax has horrible side effects but then you can call those side effects long covid you can say actually that's just part of covid uh very convenient very convenient sort of system they've worked up here when you have a population that is utterly mindless and just goes along with whatever you say no matter how nonsensical it is on the face of it so very convenient convenient they have all these things in place they say long covid risks are quote distorted by flawed research Researchers uh, want to see internationally established diagnostic criteria when it comes to long COVID, as well as narrowly defined symptoms and the avoidance of the, quote, umbrella term. The risk of of contracting long COVID may have been exaggerated due to flawed research, leading to unnecessarily high levels of anxiety about suffering from it. A new study suggests major flaws in the literature on the condition likely, likely exaggerated the true threat of contracting it, new research argues. You know, I guess... I guess why not? We'll take credit for that too. Hey, we'll take we'll take credit. We'll. Uh, I feel comfortable saying uh, we told you so. Just because everything's fake, everything about COVID is fake. You can just add this to the list, right? Just off top of my head, you've got the lie about it being dangerous and then not dangerous, right? Just the lies about whether we should be doing anything about this or whether it's racist to say that it came from China. Oh, the fact that it came from China, the fact that it came from China and the fact that it came from a lab in China, the fact that it was a consequence of -of gain-of-function research being carried out by Peter Daszak, uh, the NIH, uh, the the EcoHealth Alliance, and uh, Anthony Fauci, uh, whether it was as deadly as they said it was, whether, uh, you know, social distancing – lockdowns, uh, masks, school closures. I mean, there's literally no part of the COVID uh, story 
that the experts have been correct on. Literally none of it. I mean, not even, not even one part of it. They, they got absolutely nothing right. So I was like, I guess we're in a situation where either our medical establishment, the global World Health Organization or the CDC, these venerable organizations, either they are just horribly inefficient and just bad at what they're supposed to be doing or they know what they're doing and this is all part of a plan, which seems to be the case as we have this latest story. ALX posted the statement from the uh, Congress. The House Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic says that Dr. Fauci went to CIA headquarters to influence its investigation of the origins of COVID-19. Yeah, influence the investigation. In other words, distract from the reality to coordinate with the spy agencies to use their influence on the media to disguise the fact that this was all man-made, that this was a mass murder campaign for which tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people have died. That's interesting. The the, uh, statement here from the select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic says this, Dear Inspector General Grimm, The Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic Select Subcommittee has received concerning information regarding CIA's investigation into the origin of COVID-19. According to information gathered by the Select Subcommittee, Dr. Anthony Fauci, then director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, played a role in the CIA's review of the origin of COVID-19. The information provided suggests that Dr. Fauci was escorted into the Central Intelligence Agency's headquarters without a record of entry, by the way, and participated in the analysis to influence the agency's review. Our goal is to ensure the scientific investigative process regarding the origins of COVID-19 was fair, impartial, and free of alternative influence. Laughable, right? It's not a question of whether it was influenced. It's not a question of whether or not the investigation was held strictly to the standards of scientific investigative process. It's not a question of whether or not. It's a question of how much it was influenced. And the question is – and the answer of, to that question is completely. It was completely influenced. It was totally manufactured from the beginning. There was never an investigation into the origin of COVID because they knew that if there was an honest investigation, they would have blood on their hands. This is like the murderer going in and helping the investigation from the police department. Ted Bundy volunteers to go into the police station and help them guide the investigation into the disappearing women. And mass murders. Bodies is back. The ultimate turmeric product on the market has returned to InfoWarsStore.com and is now 25% off for a limited time. Utilized for thousands of years, turmeric is one of the most studied medicinal herbs today. Hundreds of peer-reviewed scientific articles are published every year on the chemistry and therapeutic potential of turmeric and its active components. Bodies will reduce inflammation throughout the body, help boost and support flexibility, increase mobility, assist in joint function, bolster your immune system, and so much more. Regular turmeric from the store contains about 1-5% to of the active ingredient curcuminoids, but our super powerful extract using bodies contains over 95% of the active ingredients in turmeric. No other product can compare with this curcuminoid delivery system, so if you want to put the true power of turmeric to the test, then look no further. Grab yourself a bottle today for 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com and put your body at ease. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today.
You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. We're learning more and more about how much the intelligence agencies had their hands in the creation, distribution, and following cover-up of coronavirus from its origins. Of course, have had on the whistleblower talking about how he personally spoke to Peter Daszak, the EcoHealth Alliance, and heard Peter Daszak claim that he was being recruited by the CIA for some sort of special project. Now we've got this latest new allegations that Dr. Fauci potentially influenced CIA COVID 19 origins investigations. And I think they I think they have this backwards, or at least I don't think that it was Fauci going in and influencing the CIA. I think you have either the CIA cooperating with and influencing Fauci or you have just both of them basically on this like Fauci is in the CIA. And they're just it's just the CIA doing this. Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic Chairman Brad Winstrup revealed new allegations that Dr. Fauci went to the CIA headquarters to influence COVID-19 origins investigation. This revelation comes on the heels of recently acquired whistleblower testimony alleging that the CIA potentially skewed its COVID-19 origins by offering six analysts significant financial incentives to conclude that the result of the investigation was inconclusive. Dr. Fauci's questionable presence at the CIA coupled with the recently uncovered evidence that he, Dr. Fauci, prompted the drafting of the Proximal Origin, the infamous paper that was used to attempt to disprove the lab leak theory, and lends credence to the heightened concerns about the promotion of false COVID-19 origins narrative by multiple federal government agencies. So translation, they were all in on it. They were all in on the cover-up of this crime that they committed, this massive crime against humanity that they planned even before the crime was perpetrated to take advantage of in order to move us significantly towards their designed global government control grid future. After all, that's what Event 201 was. I mean, you have all of the aspects of a massive concerted criminal enterprise at work here. You've got the pre-planning. You've got them on tape talking about how they would respond to this. You've got them emailing each other, talking about how to cover up the reality that it was a lab leak origin. And it's like the, the cover-up is because it was a crime. You don't cover something up if you are just genuinely trying to figure out where this came from. Now, they might be able to couch this in some sort of psychological paradigm where they're like well if people thought it came from a lab then they wouldn't trust us and if they don't trust us then they won't listen to our solutions and they don't listen to our our solutions the problem will be a lot worse so in order to defeat the virus we have to take on this burden of the virtuous lie we have to lie about where it came from because we need the people's trust to be able to solve this problem and if we have to lie to do that then that but that's a lie in and of itself right that's their own ham-fisted, retroactive justification for 
what they were actually doing, which was extremely dangerous gain-of-function research that they knew from the beginning was the source of the coronavirus pandemic, yet they covered that up on purpose in cooperation with the CIA and the medical establishment. Hope I cleared that up for you. I mean, it is outrageously obvious, but there it is. And then we had this uh, last week. We covered this at the time, but it relates to what we were just discussing. It's the testimony from the CIA whistleblower alleging new information on COVID-19 origins. In this case, the staff of the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic and Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence heard testimony from a whistleblower alleging that the CIA offered six analysts significant monetary incentives to change their position on COVID-19's origins. The whistleblower, who presented as a highly who presents as a highly credible senior-level CIA officer, alleges that of the seven members assigned to the CIA team tasked with analyzing COVID-19 origins, six officers concluded that the virus likely originated from a lab in Wuhan, China. The CIA then, however, allegedly offered financial incentives to the six of the experts involved in the investigation to change their conclusion in favor of a zoonotic origin of an unexpected natural spillover event, which they knew to be false. So so where are the criminal charges, and and what should they be exactly? I mean, what is the Nuremberg 2.0 tribunal going to be charging these people with? Right, I mean, this this is a crime against humanity. Everything that has come from coronavirus can be laid at their feet. After all, whether or not you even believe that coronavirus is real or you know, any more dangerous than the flu, if you believe that just a few thousand people died of this virus or millions, I mean, it, you know, it depends on where you land. But regardless of all of that, all of the spikes in mental illness that we've seen as a consequence of shutting down the schools, all of the lost learning, all of the deaths from cancer screenings that were missed because hospitals refused to perform those preventative measures as they were focusing entirely on COVID. All of the money that's been stolen by the hundreds of billions of dollars, all of the jobs lost, all of the small businesses that were forced to close as the big corporate powers consolidated their control of the American economy throughout COVID, all of the outrage, all of the broken families, All of the grandmothers forced to die alone in a room while their family stood on the other side of plastic divides, unable to give their loved ones a final hug. All of that is a consequence of this virus being released, of exactly what they covered up, what they perpetrated, what these people carried out as a massive, coordinated, orchestrated, planned campaign of genocide against the world population. How much more evidence do we need for this? How much longer are we going to be on the fact-finding side of this criminal enterprise? Where are the RICO charges? Where are the Crimes Against Humanity tribunals to be held by the UN? Of course, it's not going to be held because the organizations that would carry out such a court case are the ones that were involved in it. So you're not going to see the U.N. call for a tribunal of this. It was the U.N. that helped orchestrate this. There was a undersecretary of the U.N., the top actual coordinator of the U.N.'s uh, as they, you know, they facilitate the communications between the U.N. and the world leaders. 
was actually at Event 201 as a primary player. So they're guilty in this as well. So how do we get justice for this? And is justice even possible? It's a start. It's a start actually uncovering this stuff and, and having the select subcommittee actually drill down and ask these questions. They're now demanding all communications between the CIA and Fauci. But again, this is the beauty. This is the convenience of having you know, national security measures as an excuse to cover up anything. Because they can literally say, I mean, this is where like disinformation or misinformation comes in, where they can say, yeah, look, the CIA helped cover up the origins of the coronavirus, but if people knew that, it'd be very dangerous. People then wouldn't trust us. So in terms of national security, it's just it's incumbent on us to hide this and disguise this and lie about this because we're saving lives here. That's the excuse they'll make. It's also this headline that's this whole story is kind of hilarious. It's from, the, it's from Harvard and says how federal missteps open door to covid misinformation. And the, the long story short on this, the too long didn't read on this was basically like the government kept lying, kept concealing information, kept saying things that weren't true. And that allowed, that opened the door for conspiracy theorists who were right about everything. And that's apparently a bad thing, not because the government got stuff wrong, but because the conspiracy theorists were able to take advantage of the government being wrong. In other words, you tell the truth and you're the bad guy. Uh, they should just listen and believe the liars. My fellow patriots, the trifecta has not been in stock for years. Many of these products have been sold out for years, but we've not had all three of them at once together at InfoWarsStore.com for 40% off. This is your best opportunity at the lowest price to support the broadcast, but more importantly, experience DNA Force Plus, Real Red Pill Plus, and Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. All three of these products are back in stock right now for a limited time at 40% off. It would take me an hour to tell you about what's in DNA Force Plus or Real Red Pill Plus or Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, read about these products, find out why they're so game-changing, and get yours today. DNA Force Plus, Real Red Pill Plus, Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula, all three back in stock. It's the trifecta sale, 40% off for a limited time at InfoWarsStore.com, and it keeps us on air. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities, they ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions and coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We've got some interesting multiculturalism news that we'll get to in the next hour. We'll open up for your phone calls as well. We'll be joined by Matt Baker in the 10 o'clock time period. We've got some political news that we want to get to first and some, some very concerning statements from both the media and powerful people in the deep state. But first, just some of the pure absurdity that we're dealing with. Uh, Joe Biden's dog bites another Secret Service agent. 11th known incident. (laughs) 11th known incident. The latest biting incident involved a two-year-old German shepherd was confirmed on Tuesday when the United States Secret Service Chief of Communications, Anthony Guglielmi, told CNN that it occurred. Yesterday around 8 p.m., a Secret Service uniform division police officer came in contact with a first family pet and was bitten. The officer was treated by medical personnel on the complex. Uh, Guglielmi said the agent had been doing well after he spoke with Secret Service Director Kimberly, Kimberly Cheadle. The Secret Service agents do not handle the family's first pets, but they do often come in contact with the animals. Former USSS agent uh, Jonathan Wackrow told CNN the president has essentially created a workplace hazard. Which again, it's uh, not really reflective on the dog. It's reflective on the person, the owner of the dog. That is Joe Biden. After all, this is like the third dog they've had because the other ones kept biting people. And this one just keeps biting people as well. You know, it's like we got a president whose son is an embarrassing, crack-addicted, whoremonger, corrupt psychopath, whose daughters have written the most disgusting things about how they were abused as children, whose dogs won't stop biting people constantly. He's just, it's just everything about this guy is just like he just resonates evil. He just reverberates with this evil vibration that infects everybody around him it's really something else of course biden almost falls down the steps on the same day as report about handler's mission to prevent him falling it's a headline from Infowars. joe biden almost fell down the small set of air force one steps that are specifically used to prevent him falling on tuesday the incident occurred on the same day that a report emerged detailing the links that his handlers are going to prevent biden from constantly falling over this is that uh, story from Axios. Biden's campaign secret mission for re-election. Don't let him trip. Yeah, good luck with that. As I said yesterday, like maybe like don't let him trip every time he goes outside. Like that would be a good start. They need a uh, they need to hang like a you know twelve hours since Joe Biden has embarrassed us on the world stage. The good news is they never have to go much higher than twelve. It's about every twelve hours. It's about on average every 12 hours that Joe Biden either physically or mentally collapses in front of the entire world, and we all have to hang our head in shame that this bumbling moron is the leader of the free world. Voters expressing deep concern about the 80-year-old president's age and fitness for office. But we're also concerned about his open corruption, his devious machinations, his uh, seemingly completely incoherent anger at unexpected times. His 
tendency to be a, a tyrannical, despotic jackass 90% of the time. But I want to expand out from Joe Biden because he's just a symptom of the overall issue that we're dealing with. And it's becoming more and more obvious. And the latest uh, thing that Trump's having to deal with is this lawsuit about his uh, over over or slash undervaluing his properties. And we can get into this in just a second. But just know it has literally nothing to do with like just good, honest people just trying to trying to enforce the law, just trying to keep people honest. It's like, no, this is an entire national system has been weaponized. Like not just one branch of the government, not just the DOJ, not just the secret, you know, the the whatever treasury, like it everything. Everything has been weaponized to stop not Donald Trump in particular, but Donald Trump as a symbol of populist support, as a symbol of an outsider from beyond the bounds of the system coming into the system without going through their vetting process first. I mean, that's what they're trying to destroy. That's what they are destroying as we speak. That's what all of this has to do with, and it is obvious from their own statements. So let's go now to clip number 14. This is James Clapper, former CIA director, right? Says he's worried FBI, or he's worried Trump will be reelected and throw his political opponents in jail. (gasps) What? He'll, He'll send his political opponents to jail? Well, we should send him to jail then. Let's watch. In a recent profile, uh, General Milley raised the possibility that he thought if Trump was reelected, he would throw his opponents in jail. He said that he would be at the top of the list. Do you think that that's a real concern? And are you concerned that you could be on Trump's enemies list? Well, sure. Uh, I think there are probably uh, a lot of people uh, that are potentially uh, on such a list. and again, that's uh, that's reprehensible. Uh, I, I think General Milley's comment was he didn't think uh, President Trump would uh, be reelected. Well, I'm not so sure about that. So yeah, that's a that's a real concern for uh, for many of us. Mm, yeah, real. It's you know it's a real concern for the lifelong criminals that have run our deep state. It's a real concern for the warmongering psychopaths that manipulate our government from the shadows that donald trump might get into office and might actually want to uh, bring them to heal a very deeply concerning thing for these criminals that somebody might want to actually enforce the law like i don't have to highlight to you the hypocrisy the double standard the idea that they are actively trying to send donald trump to prison as we speak on any number of absurd claims whether it's January 6th, surge the 2020 election, like they, they, they don't care. Whatever they can get them on, they're going to try to get them on. And then they go on TV and talk about how concerning it would be that Donald Trump has signaled that he would want to actually punish the people that are actively destroying our government. And again, we'll expand on this in a, in a second because I have another video from uh, Steve Schmidt, the founder of the, the Lincoln Project, taking it to even a greater level of absurdity but understand that this isn't this isn't hypocrisy as much as such like it's not we've talked about this before like if i smoke but tell you you shouldn't smoke i'm a hypocrite because i'm doing the thing i say you shouldn't do but i still want what's best for you 
uh, it's like a positive hypocrisy almost. And it's like, look, I fall short of this, but this is the right thing to do at the end of the day. Even though I don't live up to it, here's – and that's still hypocrisy. That is hypocrisy. That's like the definition of hypocrisy. This is not hypocrisy. This is deception, pure and simple. This is lies. This is projection. This is manipulation. This is psychological operations in effect being played out on our TV screens in America in the year 2023. This is not hypocrisy. This is a plan. This is a style of governance that they're operating with because they don't want what's best for us because it has nothing to do with practice what you preach. This has everything to do with they are on a mission to crush Donald Trump as a symbol of the populist uprising, as a symbol of an outsider actually taking advantage of the form and function of our government in order to circumvent the deep state controlled path to power that they've wielded and used to control the United States government for the last several decades. They are trying to protect that because it allows them to jail their political opponents. I mean, they're, they're sending Owen Schroyer to jail. They're targeting Infowars with destruction. They're targeting anybody who stands up against them with decades in prison or total financial ruin, and then they're claiming that they're scared because if Donald Trump gets into office, he might actually do something about this. So it's not hypocrisy. It's not even really cognitive dissonance. It's an active campaign of purposeful deception, coercion, lies, manipulation, and tyrannical. This is, the, the, this is how tyranny manifests in the modern world. Since we actually still do have a First Amendment, we still do have free speech, they can't just come out and uh, stomp on our necks like they want to, so they have to do it in a deceitful and underhanded way. We've been laying this out for decades now, and I hope you can support us in this mission by going to InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWarsStore.com is what keeps us free and capable of opposing this unified monolithic conspiracy is actively taking down the United States by eliminating our freedoms. Help us to ensure the continuation of this nation at InfoWarsStore.com. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America. Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD, like Rebel Zen, has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So the latest legal attack on Trump 
Detailed in this NBC News report, New York judge rules Trump committed fraud and lied about his net worth for years. Oh, focusing on the important things, I see. New York judge ruling in the state attorney general's $250 million lawsuit against Donald Trump and his company ruled Tuesday that the former president committed repeated acts of fraud for years. According to the ruling, which allows the civil trial to begin next week, Trump lied to banks and insurers by both overvaluing and undervaluing his assets when it was to his benefit, while at the same time exaggerating his net worth to the tunes of uh, billions of dollars. In his 35-page ruling, Judge Arthur Ingoron said Trump continually lied on his financial statements and was able to get favorable loan terms and lower insurance premiums as a result. Trump's legal argument defending the statements were based on, quote, a fantasy world, not the real world, Ingoron wrote. Uh, at one point, the judge also pointed to Trump having exaggerated the size of his New York apartment to pump its value. Wow, throw him in prison then. It's just like, what? He said his apartment was bigger than it actually was. So, okay. What is, what is, the, what is the crime here? The loans that he took out by supposedly overvaluing or undervaluing his uh, properties. Did he pay them off? Oh, he did? Oh, he paid off all the loans, did he? Okay, so where's the fraud? Where is the benefit of the fraud? I, I genuinely don't understand this. Also, is that, is that a, a practice of uh, banks that you're, they're going to give out loans based on collateral that you just tell them how much it's worth? I don't think that's how it works, really. I think they do a, a bit more due diligence than that. But Simon uh, Ateba on Twitter says this, Outraged Eric Trump condemns New York ruling, writes, In an attempt to destroy my father and kick him out of New York, a judge just ruled that Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is worth only approximately $18 million. Mar-a-Lago is speculated to be worth well over a billion dollars, making arguably the most valuable residential property in the country. It's also corrupt and coordinated. So this is the thing. This judge decides that actually Mar-a-Lago is only worth $18 million, so when you valued it higher than that, you're committing fraud. But what is he basing this on? His own subjective interpretation? Also a wildly uh, dishonest one? I'll show you that in just a second. But Eric Trump added, today I lost all faith in the New York legal system. Never before have I seen such hatred towards one person by a judge. A coordinated effort with the attorney general to destroy a man's life, company, and accomplishments. We have run an exceptional company, never missing a loan payment, making banks hundreds of millions of dollars, developing some of our most iconic assets in the world. Yet today the perse persecution of our family continues. While the president currently sitting is, uh, has just run a, a criminal enterprise for the last several decades Building nothing, creating nothing, providing no jobs for anybody, but somehow raking in millions upon millions of dollars from Chinese oil companies and, and Ukrainian uh, groups. So Kanoka the Great lays this out on Twitter. He says, New York judge ruled that Trump inflated his property value, including Mar-a-Lago, which the judge determined was worth between 18 and $26 million from 2011 to 2021. To put this in perspective, the neighboring homes on just a quarter to – little less than one acre are listed for 18 to 40 million mar-a-lago the 20 acre property in the middle is worth somehow less despite being 20 to 70 times larger uh, eric trump says the real estate circles are laughing in florida are laughing at this foolishness donald trump jr says if margo if mar-a-lago is worth 18 million i'll take 10 please and he actually lays out i'm not sure if we can get uh, if y'all bring up the tweet we can actually see the image of this 
because they show that there's these little tiny houses on a quarter acre that are worth like $22 million. And somehow Mar-a-Lago, this massive sprawling estate of 20 acres is uh, only worth $18 million. They They make that claim and then say that uh, it's fraud because he valued it higher. Okay. Okay, sure. We'll go back to that image on the other side because you need to study. You need to understand exactly how fraudulent this is. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, folks. This is just the latest attack on Donald Trump. New York judge rules Trump committed fraud and lied about his net worth for years based on the judge's own fantasy world. This is the the pure, unfiltered projection of the leftist activist judge. In his 35-page ruling, Judge Arthur Ingeron said Trump continually lied on his financial statements and was able to get favorable loan terms. They're like, he said his apartment was bigger than it actually was. Yeah, red headline at Drudge. Fraud! Well, we're dealing with like a like some sort of, I don't know, what's, what's the term where it's like you're both inside and outside at the same time, like interdimensional, some sort of like inside out fraud where like the fraud case is predicated on fraud itself and the, the ruling is fraudulent when they're accusing you of fraud. It's confusing, actually. But not really. Essentially, they're just taking completely absurdly low valuations for some of Trump's properties, saying they believe that's the correct value valuation. So therefore, the higher valuation must be fraud, even though the higher valuation is the actual legitimate valuation. Mar-a-Lago is the perfect example, right? They, this guy in this fraud ruling, like part of this fraud ruling is based on the valuation of Mar-a-Lago, which he claims is worth $18 million. $18 million. There's like bungalows in Los Angeles worth more than that, right? And so if you look at this map from uh, Kanoka the Great, and the crew can bring it up on screen so we can actually read the numbers, but you can see the properties around Mar-a-Lago outlined in red. You've got these little tiny little quarter-acre properties worth $22 million, $17 million, $25 million on, again, like less than an acre. And then you, you scroll down a little, and you can see the Mar-a-Lago property outlined in red, just dwarfing all of the others. I mean, it's like several blocks worth of these small houses. So you've got... Several blocks worth of houses, each one worth $18 million, and apparently Mar-a-Lago is worth $18 million. Apparently Mar-a-Lago, the 20-acre estate with the tennis courts and the hotel and the just massive, like, just everything's huge. And you've got these little tiny ones worth more somehow. 0.39 acres is $25 million, but the 20-acre estate with the massive, important national history – called the Southern White House, like owned by all these famous people, a massive destination. That's only worth $18 million. They make that ridiculous claim and then say it's fraudulent that Trump said it was worth more. Which again is hilarious. Uh, Forbes even talks about, uh, talked about this a while ago. And they say, talking about the valuation of uh, Mar-a-Lago, they say that $500 million figure, absurd at the time the Trump, Trump organization proposed it, suddenly became somewhat feasible. Somewhat reasonable. 
Real estate experts outside of Palm Beach guessed the place was worth more than $200 million. Brokers on the island thought it could be worth more, with an aggressive estimate coming in at $725 million. When Forbes last valued the property in March, we went with a conservative $350 million. If Trump sold Mar-a-Lago for that amount, he'd reap 35 times return on his original $10 million investment, making one of the best deals of his career. And then the activist judge comes along and says it's worth only $18 million and charges him for fraud for saying otherwise. Okay, just a little, just a little illustration of how utterly and completely ridiculous these legal charges – I mean every one of the legal charges against Trump are just about that ridiculous. This isn't a particular outlier in this. And you understand that even without a secretive, covert conspiracy going on, this is an open conspiracy at this point. This is the new form of conspiracy that we're seeing in the world. used to be that you'd have to cover things up. You'd have to do it in secret. You'd have to do it behind. Now everybody just knows to play their part. The judges, the activists, the the media knows how to report it. They all just know what to do. They know that the goal is destroying Trump, and they've been fed whatever lie they need to be fed in order to get them behind this. If you're an anti-racist, then you're told that Trump is racist. You have to destroy him for that. If you're a women's rights activist, you have to be told that he's a misogynist. So you'll – it doesn't matter. The point is they want to destroy Trump, destroy Trump, destroy Trump. That's all they care about. Why? Because he represents a revolutionary change in American politics – that threatens their entire corrupt system from operating in the way that it does, specifically for the exploitation and destruction of the American system as a whole in a slow, managed, purposeful fashion. He halted and in some cases reversed that for the four years he was in office, and that's undesirable to the international financial cadres that actually run our country. Clip 18 is Steve Schmidt. I believe he's the founder of the Lincoln Project, talking about Trump, saying similar things to what we just heard James Clapper saying, where you've got this current political – you've got the current regime in America under Joe Biden actively persecuting its political opponents, targeting the biggest right-wing activists specifically on purpose, as they say in a shock and awe campaign, to destroy the organized resistance to their program. While simultaneously attempting in a myriad of ways, like 10 different ways, to to imprison their primary political rival in Donald Trump. Here's how Steve Schmidt puts it, and let's just watch and we'll comment on the other side. Clip uh, 18. What do you make of the fact that it does seem to me that the country and in many cases the media seems numb to it? I think there's no question that the country and the media is numb to it. The threshold in this moment is very simple. Everything that Donald Trump says should be taken literally and seriously. What he did today was threaten the employees, the journalists at NBC News. What he said more broadly is he's going to shut down the free media in the United States. What he announced today as a candidate for president in 2023 is he's coming after the American media. He's coming after his political opponents. Why is he running for president? He's running for retribution. Retribution, according to Donald Trump, is a philosophy of avenging anybody 
who was against him. So we are on the edge of an abyss in this country. And it seems that there is a paralysis, a numbness, a total disregard for the clear and present threat. There is something extraordinary happening. The people who are trying to tear down democracy in the country keep telling the rest of the country what it is they plan to do to such a degree that they have announced their plans six months into 2025 to have taken apart the whole of the federal government. Now, since FDR's time in office, the legislative metric in the United States has been 100 days, not six months. This is a racist code whistle to every white supremacist in the country because it's how long it took Adolf Hitler to take Weimar Germany to a complete and total dictatorship. That included, by the way, the military swearing an oath of allegiance, not to the nation, but to the Fuhrer. And the military was the institution amongst many in Germany that were the last holdouts to this. But once he was in power, they were the first to submit. And what Donald well, that's Trump right, folks. They're calling Donald the Trump Hitler, and they're me. mad that nobody's taking them seriously anymore. They're very angry that their hysterical, paranoid screeching is less effective than it used to be. I mean, think about how far gone these people are. You want to talk about conspiracy theories. He thinks that because Donald Trump says it'll take him six months to get the government back on track, that's a racist dog whistle referring to the amount of time it took Hitler to become dictator in Germany. These people are insane. No, who knows how long it took Hitler, like six months? What? What? So now the time period of six months is a Nazi dog whistle? I mean, you'll want to talk about paranoid, schizophrenic, tinfoil hat-wearing freaks, man. These people, are, they see Nazis under their bed. They see Nazis behind every curtain. Six months? Well, you, if you reference half a year, you must it must be a oblique reference to the Fourth Reich. What? InfoWars is a one-of-a-kind operation. And so please, go to InfoWars store and just make a donation. And you can make it one-time or recurring. You have a little profile there, canceling time. Every 15 days, every month, every three months, every six months, up to nine months, you can go in and every month or every week, whenever you want, you program it. You just click it, and then you decide when you want to make a donation. So please do that as well. That way we get 95% of it after credit card fees that are making 20, 30, 40% like we do on the products. But these really are amazing products. The big July 4th sale is going on right now. This is such a critical platform in the fight against the New World Order. The enemy's out in the open. We're vindicated. People are listening more than ever. But in this major recession going into depression and with supply chain breakdowns, I know it's hard. I know times are tough. So thank you for your support. But whatever you do, pray for the broadcast and share the articles and the videos. That you can do for free. And that's just as important as keeping us on air. So however God leads you in your heart to support us, please support us now. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. God bless you. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. 
Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason you've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the New World Order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal. So much more to to discuss still. Trying to think of how... How we make our way through all of this news. There's something that sort of ties it all in together, and it is the. Well, it it can really just be summed up with the idea of. The World Economic Forum, stakeholder capitalism, the fact that they are forcibly re-engineering, reinventing, reconfiguring. Open market capitalism to be in service of their globalist designs by hijacking entire corporate structures by first consolidating into those corporate structures all of the previously disseparate and non-centralized small businesses get them all in one corporate structure then take over that corporate structure and use its corporate financial power to impose your will on an unwilling populace. That is the purpose behind woke capitalism, which is really just stakeholder capitalism, which is the World Economic Forum's new design for the economy of the world. And they're finding some pushback on this, and we'll get to that in just a second. Before we do, let's take a look at the consequences of just some of this program. Steve Saylor on Twitter says this, a general finding is that feminist culture correlates with unhappiness amongst teen girls. E.g., adolescent girls suffer the most psychological distress relative to adolescent boys in gender-equal Sweden and the least in Muslim Indonesia. This is very, very interesting chart they have. The article at UnsReview, UNZ.com, says this. The gender gap in adolescent mental health across national investigation of 566,829 adolescents across 73 countries, girls have worse average mental health than boys across four measures of mental health. There is a large heterogeneity in the size of the mental health gender gap across countries. The gap is most pronounced for psychological distress and life satisfaction more gender uh, equal countries have larger gender gaps in mental health. Four main results. One, the gender gap in mental health in adolescents is largely ubiquitous cross-culturally with girls having worse average mental health. 
Two, there is considerable cross-national heterogeneity, in other words, uh, this, you know, the same across all these groups, in the size of the gender gap, with the direction reversed in a minority of countries. Three, higher GDP per capita is associated with worse average mental health and a larger gender gap across all mental health outcomes. And four, more gender-equal countries have larger gender gaps across all mental health outcomes. Taken together, our findings suggest that while the gender gap appears largely ubiquitous, its size differs considerably by region, country, and dimensions of mental health. Findings point to the uh, hitherto unrealized complex nature of gender disparities in mental health and possible incongruence between expectations and reality in high gender equal countries. Translation, the more equal genders are within a country, the more unequal the gender gap in mental health. In other words, if your country is ultra feminist it turns out you have the most the widest disparity between girls and boys in their mental health outcomes so you've got more girls compared to boys being mentally unwell being reliant on antipsychotics or antidepressants in places where supposedly feminist ideology has been manifest and so they've got all of these countries laid out and you've got the psychological distress measurement and way over here on the right, you can see that it's all teal because teal is the number four, is the uh, color denoting Europe, Europe region A. So that would be places like uh, Denmark and Finland and the Netherlands and Sweden. They have the highest level of psychological distress, especially amongst women, compared to things like Indonesia, Lebanon, Philippines, Vietnam, Japan, Azerbaijan, Turkey – and all of these very not-feminist countries. And you can actually see by the distribution of the colors that there's no teal here. There's no European countries in the low psychological distress, increasing in amounts as you move farther to the right, and then dominating the you know, far end of this spectrum that is the most psychologically distressed. And I think it's pretty simple. I think it's because this entire ideology thrives on misery. I don't actually think it's that complicated. I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it's a feedback loop of misery. You've got people telling girls you should be miserable. You are miserable. Your life is miserable. You're oppressed. You're being controlled. It's not true, but they're able to indoctrinate girls into this idea, and then they make political decisions based on this fraudulent idea that makes everything worse for everybody which only makes everybody more unhappy because these people thrive on misery. And you have to understand, what power do these people have if everyone is happy, if everyone is healthy, if everyone is in good relationships and has lots of friends, has a nice job that they enjoy and they don't work too hard, they make a good living? Where is their in? Where is their vulnerability to be exploited? Where do they have a chance to get their hooks in and start to control you? It doesn't exist. So either they have to take advantage of existing misery or they have to fabricate the misery where it doesn't exist. These people thrive on misery and they're utterly and completely divorced from the natural order, from the way things just are. They despise nature. They despise God. They despise creation. They want to hijack, destroy, and reformulate this in a, in a fantasy world that doesn't actually comport with reality in any fashion, 
right? So it's inevitable that people are going to be unhappy. It's inevitable that people are going to be miserable when they're placed in a world that is completely out of sorts with the natural inclination of the people that live there. I mean, it makes it kind of makes perfect sense, actually. Like, it's kind of a, a brilliant, brilliantly evil plan that they have going on here where you make people miserable, you offer the solution to that misery, the solution itself increases the misery, and you're there to take advantage of the increase in misery with your continuing misery. Like, it's just, it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on, and this is, you know, trust the science, this is science. And it's affecting, you know, women more than men because they're the targets at this point. And it's just like any government program where you just go, you go, okay, you implemented this program to help these specific people. After the implementation of the program and as a consequence of that program, these people are more miserable, less successful, less capable, less happy overall. Any idea, any impetus any any inclination to reverse that policy to stop that policy no because they're ideolog- ideologically driven they are driven by a perverted distorted unnatural satanic ideology that feeds on misery like a vampire feeds on blood and they only ever double down we'll take a look at black lives matter where this is manifest really more apparently than anywhere else where they implement all these things to help the black community, and the black community has been utterly destroyed as a consequence. They're not stopping. They're only increasing. The most powerful M4s life formula yet. DNA Force Plus is now back in stock for 25% off while supplies last. This elite formula contains the most cutting-edge enzymes, potent antioxidants, and traditional naturally occurring ingredients to protect the vitality of your very DNA. The powerhouse ingredients in DNA Force Plus include PQQ, CoQ10, organic reishi mushroom, astrologous roots, rhodiola roots, and an array of even more incredible antioxidants and extracts carefully chosen to help support healthy heart function while promoting energy production down to the cellular level. Provide your cells and DNA with the protection they need and try a bottle of DNA Force Plus today for 25% off or for an additional 10% off grab the combo pack with DNA Force Plus and Body's Whole Support. These offers and so much more are only available at InfoWarsStore.com Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. Putting the power of conversation into the caller's hands, you're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the American Journal, Infowars.com, band.video. To try to open up phone lines for much of the um, show. I just don't know if I'm going to have time to do it today. So I got, got all these stories. I can vaguely see a path before me how to get through all of them. But I want to get to all of them, help to illustrate them as, as clearly as possible. And we're sort of just w- jumping from one to the next story, but there's a through line that I think comes out. You know, maybe the best thing to do is just be like, read all of these headlines right at once. And then just like, unless you get the full picture, you got to see the forest for the trees 
want to be stuck on a single tree and not you got to be able to zoom out and just go oh that's what's happening oh that's the there's the large swath of color that i'm supposed to be looking for right instead of looking at individual stars we want to draw that draw the lines between them and find that constel, uh, constellation that you can't see unless it's pointed out to you but once it's pointed out to you you can't ignore it because all of these things are connected so we're going to try to draw the connections here so the last story that we covered from steve sailors talking about how girls are unhappiest relative to boys in the most gender equal company uh, countries so the more feminist your country is the less happy your women are compared to the men would seem counterintuitive until you realize that just because something is called feminist doesn't mean it actually has the virtues of femininity in the forefront of its concerns just because they say that these are things for women doesn't mean it's actually good for women that these things are implemented or enacted. And so we see that actually the, the more feminist countries are, the more unhappy women are, and the more unhappy women are, the more support feminist groups get in an ironic feedback loop of misery that just – gives them all the power they want in this Machiavellian uh, problem-reaction-solution program that they run with continually and always seems to work because people don't wake up to or realize what's going on. Obviously, women are not the only ones affected by this, however. And this is a person on Twitter called Alexander at Date Psych. So this is a guy who does psychology in the realm of dating. He says, why are so many young men single? Are they excluded from a brutal mating market by society? Probably not. As he reveals here, 45% of men aged 18 to 25 have never approached a woman in person. Never approached a woman in person. They say a sizable minority of men are not approaching women at all. In the entire data set, 29% of men say they never approached a woman in person before. 27% said it had been more than one year. This was larger for men in the age 18 to 25 group. 45% had never approached a woman in person. This is, again, consistent with the hypothesis of a generational risk aversion trend in Zoomers. And that's an important part of this, risk aversion and it's not exactly their fault. I, th- I mean, I think it's a little bit – there's some subtlety here because you want to not be risk-averse. You want to be able to take chances. And again, this, this goes to whether or not you have a support system around you, whether or not you have uh, self-confidence to where you can get rejected and it's not life-destroying, where you can take a chance on something – Knowing full well that if you don't succeed in this chance, you still got all you still got your friends and your loved ones and the people behind you and your community. So like why, you know, take the risk. Why not? Best case scenario, you get what you want. You get the date. You you get the pretty girl. Worst case scenario, you're back to your happy, you know, functioning life. Now there's men that are so disconnected from everybody that it's just like they're already miserable. They're already lonely. And to add rejection on top of that, they just like can't even handle it. It's just a, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's just another thing to pile on their already insurmountable misery. So they're not going to take the risk anyway because like in that case, it's almost reversed where it's like, okay, best case scenario, 
you like you know get a little bit of t- time with the girl worst case scenario you're like utterly destroyed to where like the best case scenario isn't even worth it because your life's already miserable and that's not even going to make it better but the worst case scenario is you're already you know uh, the, the pit of misery you're already in just gets deeper so it's uh, there's just no benefit to uh the attempt so why should they it's a calculation people are, are making in their heads subconsciously or consciously so they say 17 percent had not approached a woman in more than one year never in more than one year are discrete groups this means about half of all single men in my data set are effectively not approaching women for dates in person obviously consequence of um, technology as well but technology is not where you find romantic partners for the most part unless it's specifically designed for that in which case it might be you know these results might be skewed like a dating app right where the purpose is but you don't find a real connection through that and you know even just the the transient way in which you make that connection sort of makes it more difficult from the from the outset they say these men are significantly more risk risk adverse than those men who do approach women this is actually a white pill it isn't powerful forces of society at large that explain young male singledom it's much more mundane young men are simply not trying and this is where i mean the subtlety like i kind of agree with this but i also viscerally disagree with this well think about it like you've got a young man let's say early 20s takes a woman out on a date spends 80 bucks right date three rolls around he's like what what do we think like 250 bucks in the hole if he averages something like that to you know mid 200s right taking her out nice date mm-hmm. date three gets gets to second base right <laughs> so what do you then, say it's just not realizes, worth the investment then realizes hey girl who i just got to second base with has only fans account and mm-hmm. there are millions of dudes spending 20 dollars right to get to digital third base no that's what i mean it's like he's like right and he's wrong right the correct part about this is that it is the fact that some, that young men are not trying, but the reason they're not trying is because of the large societal forces that are affecting their psychology and affecting the dating world and influencing not just young men to demoralize and humiliate them, but also young women to, you know, through the dating apps and stuff where they have just like endless options of men that and they can be super picky and you know that distorts their expectations of who they deserve or not deserve but who you know they're willing to go out with so it's like yes it is so it's weird it's like you've got this societal impulse that is driving men to be single and to be cowardly and to be risk adverse and to you know of course the other part of this is like the me too movement and the fact that uh, guys who go up and, and just say, Hey, do you want to do, Hey, you want to, yeah, you want to go, Hey, you're really good looking. Hey, you know, like sort of, you know, initiate the physical contact, just like, uh, you know, hug a girl or something. And suddenly it's like, Oh my God, I've been violated. And, and so like men aren't going to take that risk either. Okay. Best case scenario. I, I get a hug from a girl. Worst case scenario, I'm considered a rapist and that spreads on social media and I'm humiliated and ostracized for the rest of my life. Like, why would that, why would they make that decision? So it, it is about the societal, uh, impulse and the societal pressure that's being placed on everybody. And what this has to do, he actually calls it LOC, uh, loss, uh, locus of control. 
and dating difficulties. They say, he says that if you have internal locus of control, that is the degree with which you feel you have agency and control over your life, internal, if you internally manifest the path that your life takes, uh, then you have high agency and high control. If you're an NPC, if you're an external locus of control, things just happen to you. You have low agency. You just respond to what other people do. And you know that really is the solution to this. The problem is caused by society, but the solution is caused by young men having the strength and having the confidence to just go up to women and uh, just approach them and just give it a shot. And to have the confidence to know that like that woman rejects you, it's not like, oh, I'm so, I'm so lame, I'm so ugly. It's like, that woman's missing out. I guess she's kind of dumb, bro, because you're awesome, and uh, that's her fault for not seeing that. You move on to the next girl, and you'll find one eventually. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed, dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. My fellow patriots, the trifecta has not been in stock for years. Many of these products have been sold out for years, but we've not had all three of them at once together at InfoWarsStore.com for 40% off. This is your best opportunity at the lowest price to support the broadcast, but more importantly, experience DNA Force Plus, Real Red Pill Plus, and Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. All three of these products are back in stock right now for a limited time at 40% off. It would take me an hour to tell you about what's in DNA Force Plus or Real Red Pill Plus or Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, read about these products, find out why they're so game-changing, and get yours today. DNA Force Plus, Real Red Pill Plus, Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula, all three back in stock. It's the trifecta sale, 40% off for a limited time at InfoWarsStore.com, and it keeps us on air. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. So much of like the, the socialist idea, the, the ideological underpinnings of it is like weakness and passivity and subtly indoctrinating you with the idea that you are just chaff in the wind. You're just blown about by these forces that are larger than you can control. Like even in history, there's this argument between like the, the great man theory versus the trends and forces theory. Where, you know, 
some people argue that it's just inevitable that certain things happen, that this, you know, with the mass movement of uh, humanity, this is just going to occur and there's going to be somebody that that does this thing and that person just fills the role. I, I in general, completely reject that concept. I, I think if you actually study history, it's obvious that individual choices that are made by individuals based on their own uh, ideology, their own circumstance, their own temperament, that's what charts the course of the world. It's really kind of undeniable when you when you look at it. Look at Catherine de' Medici completely changing like everything about France because she anyway, I, I don't want to get it I don't want to go off on a big historical tangent, but the reality is the reality that can actually like, give you superpowers in a lot of ways is realizing that you're in many ways in complete control of what happens to you and your response to it and you really do dictate your own path through life consciously or or unconsciously and when you are a passive recipient of action that's a choice you're making to be a passive recipient of action you're you're you not making a choice is a choice you're making in an ironic sort of way and i'm not even like i'm not a super outgoing person in in public right and in social sort i'm not the type of person that just goes up and introduces myself to a random way like before i was married that's just not something i did all the girls i dated we were like friends first and then it evolved and but that's you know that's what's being robbed from people right these like this childhood this innocence where you have time to figure things out where there's not a lot of pressure where you're just in person experimenting socially with like who you want to be and what you want to be like but i was always in awe of the guys that could do that because it's it's pretty amazing how effective just initiative is i remember there's i was fixing sprinklers for uh for a summer i was like in my early 20s and i worked with a guy named michael that was I think he was actually Israeli, but he looked Hispanic. He looked like a Mexican dude, like uh, long brown hair. Like he was a handsome guy. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't uh, ugly or anything. But like we'd be eating lunch, like taking a break. We're just like covered in mud, right? We've been digging, literally digging ditches all day. It's like, it was our job. And so we're just like covered in mud, like sweaty as, as can be, just like looking disheveled. And this dude would just, he'd be like, oh man, that hostess in the restaurant, it's really attractive. I'm going to go talk to her. you just get up, walk over. Hey, how's it going? I'm Michael. And I'd be like, hi, I'm Rebecca. Like, you know, it was like, it was amazing to see this work because it was just something, nothing I would ever do, nothing I would ever attempt. But it's just like, you just have that confidence. You just put yourself out there. Even if it's uncomfortable, you just make yourself do it. I mean, it's amazing how effective acting is. Like if you just act like you know what's going on. People assume you know what's going on. And then it turns out you're like, I kind of do know what's going on. I just have to pretend a little bit. So like, and, and again, this isn't just about relationships. It's about anything. Nobody is going to recognize your genius and then come offer you a great job. You have to seize it. You have to go out and achieve what you want to achieve and do what you want to do. And this is why people like Andrew Tate are so attractive to young people who are completely missing out on this type of influence. Which it's it's tricky because while Andrew Tate's right on a lot of that stuff, he's not setting himself up for happiness in in the long term, and his style his lifestyle is not 
actually healthy for most young men to um, try to approximate. The reality is you should be – you should really be thinking about like what you want in the future in terms of wife and children and like you only have a certain amount of time to put all things in place to get to the point where you're in a stable relationship with someone you love that you want to have children with. Like that takes a long time. That takes a lot of work. You can't just like fool around for two decades and then – at the end be like, yeah, no, I want to settle down and find somebody. Like, you're just not setting yourself up for happiness. So, you know, I don't, I'm not, uh, you know, and this, is, this is not this like commodification of women that I, that I support, but the idea of like, nobody's going to give you the job. Nobody's going to give you the, the thing that you want. You have to go out and get it, whether that's a relationship or a job or uh, material goods or accomplishments, nobody's going to give you the, the, easy path there is no easy path to that the easy path is a trick it's a lie that's what and this is sort of the the underlying uh, philosophy behind socialism is just like you just deserve it so you should get it and if it's not given to you then you should complain until they give it to you it's like that's not actually the way the world works and that's why everything's going off the rails right now but so this guy who's talking about uh, you know the fact that young men are are just massively lonely like it really is a crisis at this point and he's basically saying, like, it's because men, young men in particular, are not just doing the thing they need to do. It's not these big societal movements, which I've already explained. It, it is the societal movement that's affecting the psychology and the reality that these young men face. So I, I'm empathetic for these young men, but he's right that the solution is just to go do the thing that you want to do. It's to go ask the girl out that you want to go out with. It's to overcome your own insecurities and the societally imposed insecurities and just to have that confidence, even if it, even if you have to fake it at first, it'll come. It'll it'll become real as you, as you fake it almost. So somebody responds to him saying, "What an empathetic response, lol. If true, why not help these guys? Because when women have a problem, it's it's the end of the world. Resources are marshaled. When men have a problem, it's buck up, buddy. Men are expendable." And I sort of get that response of being like. Wow, so you're just telling men like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, like you're suffering and miserable, but it's your own fault. Uh, now he responds, uh, Alexander, this guy responds to this saying, uh, no one's going to coddle you in dating. Do you want somebody to hold your hand and talk, uh, and while you talk to women, external locus of control, why doesn't someone help me? Go to a bar, dancing, hobby, talk to the cute girl in your class, but it's on you. So he's writing that. And the other thing is that like, are the women helped by these programs? Are the women actually made happier when all of these resources are marshaled? Or in fact, as we just saw, does that actually in an inverse correlation make women more miserable is it actually destroying uh women's happiness when they get the help that they want so like this is helping men this is how you help men you tell them buck up you tell them that's the way the world is sorry sorry you can you can try to ignore that and fail you can accept that and strive like and and succeed and thrive that's really the 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 point of this here, and um, they say men are, are afraid of losing their job, of being me too, of legal consequences, etc. Most men cited fear of rejection. This is risk aversion. You live in the same environment as everyone else. You're afraid to approach other men or not. So fear of rejection, uh, according to these people, um, outweighs the fear of social consequences or, or legal consequences, although those are also present. And some guys just aren't attracted to anybody because they've been convinced uh, a lot of times by the – like th- this is the, the unhealthiness of the dichotomy of like 
men's whatever on social media. Or on one hand, it's like the Andrew Tate, like, just go out and be a player, be a hustler. It's just like most men are not wired that way, and they shouldn't even really want to be. And then the uh, flip side of that is you have like the incel, like all women are trash, all modern women are sluts, and you have to avoid them, which is also entirely untrue and unfair to uh, women, of which there is a plethora of good women out there that are you know, feeling just as, as rejected and lonely as men. It's up to you to go out and uh, solve that problem together with each other. So it's, it's a lack of healthy role models. It's a lack of a society that's built to be healthy, and it's a lack of support systems and uh, you know, self-confidence that young men have as they're constantly torn down on every pass and then told like if they speak out about it that they're misogynist and, and shut up. You're not allowed to complain. So we'll get into how some of this just ideology, this feedback loop, this ever-churning cesspit of misery that is liberalism is affecting uh, the world on a, on a wider level in this second or this uh, third hour of American Journal. We'll welcome Matt Baker in the next hour as well, but we'll get to some very interesting economic and, and social goings-on. Before then, I do want to remind you to go to InfoWarsStore.com to support us. Again, it's, if you want to support us, go to InfoWarsStore.com. If you just want a great supplement, if you just want to solve some of the persistent problems you have with your own health or your own ability, go to InfoWarsStore.com. Read the, read the labels. Do your research into what these ingredients can do for you. And then buy the trifecta pack at 40% off. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. When we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now.